Hello, we are Restoration Church Chicago and welcome to our podcast. You can connect with us through our website, restoration.life, as well as on Facebook and Instagram. Our mission is to glorify Jesus everywhere, and that includes right here, right now. Thanks for tuning in. Again, um, this, we will begin a three-week series on the values at Restoration. So if you are visiting Restoration or you've been visiting lately, perfect timing. Now you will get to know more about who we are and what we are about. Uh, as you may already know, if you are visiting, you at least looked us up on the website, is our vision statement is glorify Jesus everywhere. This is a, a statement, or if I can use the term, a mandate that was given to us to restoration by God, to bring glory to Jesus through everything that we do, everywhere that we go. So very briefly on the importance of having a vision, especially for uh, uh, each of our individual lives, it's good to have a vision for corporately, but also it's good to have a vision individually for ourselves or for our families. Having a godly vision, not just a vision. I wanna stress godly vision, because as followers of Jesus, As God's people, we want our vision to line up with God's plan and instead of what we want for ourselves. So having a godly vision gives us um, many things. Purpose, so it helps us to have a purpose to know that our current time and our current season and our current place, there is a purpose for that. We're not just here to buy time and then work to our retirement. It gives us a direction to know that what we are living for, having a godly vision to help us to know that we're moving toward. We're not just working until we get to retirement. We are moving toward the kingdom of God for the returning of our king. Having a vision will help us stay focused on that. Having a vision will give us a hope to know that there is something better. There is something better out there for us. It's eternal life. It's not just, I'm gonna be here for 80, 90, In my case, 120 years. Anyone else? Marie? Oh, thank you. Thank you. We're going to be together for a while. So it's not like we're just going to be here for 120 years, but it's for eternity. To have a hope to know that we have in Jesus. Having a vision and knowing our vision together will help bring unity for all of us together. To know that we're pulling together. God has called me to be here, and this is the vision that God has placed me to be and pull with these people together to bring unity, uh, to have clarity, right? So everyone knows that we're on the same page, to have a clarity, okay, for a church, you have people on the worship team, you have people preaching, we have people serving, we have people welcoming, but we're all together, pulling in the same direction, together the same vision. Uh, also having a godly vision help us to have a momentum, so to speak, to help us to always know that we're leaning forward. We're going somewhere because God, with God, things are always growing. It's always growing and always moving. So there will be momentum as in we're going to grow in our impact and grow in our influence of the people in this neighborhood, in the city, and all the other cities. And, um, and also, maybe one more thing is to help us recognize there is an inheritance. When we have a godly vision, to know that there is an inheritance waiting for us then 
and there's an inheritance that God wants us to walk into right now, both for the now and for the eternity. Having a godly vision reminds us that we have been set apart specifically by God. We're not here by accident or by luck, and we're just wandering around. Having a godly vision help us to know we are special. You are special. I am special. We are all special. That we have been set apart by God. And very briefly on uh, what our vision statement, mission statement, and what are the values for um, in general. So a vision is what we desire to become in the future, as in the long-term destination. Having a mission statement is how uh, perhaps we can differentiate ourselves from every other churches. Think of it more like short-term goals uh, that we're setting for ourselves on a daily, weekly, or monthly basis to help us. These are the goals, small goals that will help us reach our long-term destinations. Uh, and also, it's a reminder to know that um, uh, it's good to have these things planned out because things don't just happen by accident. We need to hear from God, plan, then take necessary steps toward those things. Think of it like you want to go on vacation. You got to plan your vacation, right? You got to plan. Where do you want to go? You want to go to the beach or you want to go to the mountains? You want to go to California? You want to go to New York? You want to go to Mexico? Where do you want to go? How are you going to get there? You need to save money for it, right? If you're working, like me, you got to plan your vacation days. If you have no vacation days left, it's difficult to take a vacation. So we have to plan, just like if you want to get promoted at a job, like how do I get promoted? What are the steps that I need to do? What are the things that I need to work on? It's the same thing. So it's the same thing in terms of in our individual life and the same thing from, the, from a godly standpoint is have a plan. Commit to a local church. Prioritize kingdom living. Prioritize a kingdom lifestyle to help us grow, help us achieve the godly vision that God has set out for us. And um, so vision, mission, and our, uh, the values. The values at, I always have trouble saying that. Values. There you go. Don't be laughing. These three are always laughing at me. These are, we, are we recording? We're not recording yet. We, okay, all right. Delete that, maybe. So the values are the, the, the borders are the boundaries to guide us toward our mission or our vision, uh, to keep us on the right path. As American, uh, we, when we hear the term boundaries or borders, we tend to say, nope, there's no boundary. No, I'm a rebel. I don't want to follow any rules. But as God's people, God put boundaries and borders in place for our safety, for our protection, and, and to guide us on our path. Right, Psalms 16, verse 6. I think we all know this. The boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Pleasant places. Surely I have a delightful inheritance. It is important for any group or any organizations or any um, individuals to have these um, three categories, vision, mission, and, and values, clearly defined so everyone within that group will be on the same page. So then for everyone whom God has called you to be at restoration, be clear about the vision that God has given to restoration and the values that we have here. So we can all pull together in the same direction to reach that vision is to glorify Jesus everywhere. 
the values that are reflected in terms of who we are as a church, they are constantly pursuing Jesus and his presence, which I will talk about today. Um, living out a biblical community, which Mike will touch on next week. And then number three is our desire to advance God's kingdom. Oh, I have five fingers. Three, three things, which will be two weeks from now. So let's talk about pursuing Jesus and his presence. Jesus is the head of the church. Uh, hopefully that's not a surprise to anyone. He is the one building his church, which we see that in Matthew 16, 18. So everything we do must center around Jesus, be about Jesus, and function for Jesus and function according to his design and his intention in terms of how to build the church. So we must never lose track of why we do church. We must never lose track of why we do church. We are the church. I think if you know that, we are the church and we, as each member, make up the church. Together, we make up the church as one body. And we do church so we can experience more of Jesus and his presence. We must remember Jesus is why we do church. So if you have been here any amount of time and you think we always talk about Jesus, this is why. Jesus is why we do church. We must remember the why. We lose our way when we lose our why. We forget why we do church, we will forget our way. We forget why we do church, which is to share with others about Jesus and to know more of Jesus for ourselves. We forget the why, we will forget the way. It's very important for us to remember the why. We, if, if we forget the why, we will make it about ourselves. We will make it about our own kingdom. We will make it about our personal ambitions. We will make it about us, as in, what's in it for me? You know, like, what have you done for me? What has the church done for me lately? Uh, look, at what I, look at what I have done. Why are you not appreciating me? Or, like I said earlier, what can the church do for me? We're here to bring honor and glory to Jesus. And just like the song that we sang, we're here to bless God. Bless him through the good times, bless him in the bad times. And he is the almighty God. If we have that revelation, then we will remember the why. We lose our way when we lose our why. Jesus is our why. I'm gonna keep on saying that. And if there's one thing that you remember from today, Jesus is our why. An example of the church that lost their way was the church of Ephesus in Revelation chapter two, verse two to four. It said, I know your deeds, your hard work, and your perseverance. I know that you cannot tolerate wicked people, that you have tested those who claim to be apostles but are not, and have found them false. You have persevered and have endured hardship for my name, and have not grown weary, Yet I hold this against you. Yet I hold this against you. You have forsaken the love you had at first. Wow. Isn't that amazing? Consider how far you have fallen. Repent and do the things you did at first. The things described about the church in Ephesus, such as good deeds, hard work, perseverance, you know, cannot tolerate wicked people, 
tested those who claiming to be apostles, endure hardships in the name of Jesus, and have not grown weary. If you hear these things about a local church, we may think that is an amazing church, right? Can we be honest with ourselves? All right, I'll be honest with myself. If I hear some these descriptions about a church, any local church, the first thing that comes to mind is like, wow, that must be an amazing church of amazing people. But those things are not the why. Hard work, perseverance, good deeds, will not grow weary, staying true to scriptures. Wow. Those things are not the why. They should not be the reason for the why. They are not enough when we have forsaken our love for Jesus. That's what Jesus said. You've done all these amazing, incredible things in the eyes of man. But repent because you have lost the why. If I can paraphrase. If we forget the why, those things that are listed become religious duties or cause of self-righteousness when we stop pursuing more of Jesus because we will think wholly of ourselves like, man, I persevere. I have not grown weary. I press on, right? There's a lot of I in there. We need to make it about Jesus. And for those who may not know, the church of Ephesus was formed, obviously, out of their love for Jesus, out of their revelations of Jesus' love for them. We know that from John 4, um, 19. Jesus first loved us. Jesus first loved us. So the qualities of Revelation 2, um, the church of Ephesus, those are good qualities. The church should exhibit those qualities. But when it comes to his church, when it comes to his bride, those qualities should be done from a place of love for Jesus. As in, we persevere because of our love for Jesus. We do good deeds due to our love for Jesus. We work hard due to our love for Jesus. We cannot tolerate wicked people due to our love for Jesus. We endure hardships due to our love for Jesus. We remain true to scriptures because of our love for Jesus. We do not get weary because of our love for Jesus. The church of Ephesus was born by the love by the, their love for Jesus, they got so busy doing things for Jesus, they forgot about Jesus. Isn't that amazing? Just share like a little personal, um, maybe I'm being too honest, but you know sometimes when Vanessa get, and I get in a little fight and I would just say, look at all the things that I do for you. I clean the house, I do the this, and this is like, no, I want you to spend time with me. You know, for, for the husbands, you may not ever heard that before. <laughs> but, see, that is the same thing. Jesus said, that's great, but what about your love for me? Spend time with me. That is where it should all come from. That should be first and foremost. So this means that the songs that we sing have to be about Jesus. Hopefully, you can see that. All the worship songs has to be about Jesus. If it's not about Jesus, we don't want to sing it. We don't want any part of it. You know, our sermons need to focus on Jesus. Our prayers need to bring glory to Jesus. And we will not compromise anything 
at the expense of Jesus. We probably won't say anything nice if it does not bring glory to Jesus. It's not because we are trying to say anything mean. We just want to make sure that Jesus is being exalted and Jesus is being honored. And everything we do as a church needs to help point people to Jesus and to help people pursue more of Jesus. So the reason we want to pursue Jesus is, I, I think we all know this, but Jesus, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to him. Right? Matthew 28, 18. Salvation is found only in Jesus, Acts 4, 12. Through Jesus is how we can stand before our heavenly Father and be found righteous. All that belongs to the Father now belongs to Jesus. And as we pursue Jesus, we will be found in his presence. And as we pursue his presence, we will find Jesus. His presence is the Holy Spirit. Therefore, we must also pursue the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is also sometimes referred to as a counselor, an advocate, a comforter, or a strengthener. You know, we need to pursue the Holy Spirit because we need the Holy Spirit to convict us when we are about to do something not right or wrong. I hope you all know what it's like, right? I get that all the time. When I'm about to do something that's not right or wrong, you have this feeling inside of you. It's the Holy Spirit is telling us, hey, maybe you shouldn't do that. That's what he's there to, to help turn us and tell us to know what's right and what's wrong. We need the Holy Spirit we need to be in his presence so that he can sanctify us, you know, cleanse us so we can have less of a worldly perspective and desires and more of Jesus as more eternal perspective, more kingdom perspective to do things that will make sure that Jesus is being honored. We need him to guide us. In order to do that, we need to be able to listen and hear what the Holy Spirit has to say and take the path that God has chosen for us versus what society determines what we should do. We, we need the Holy Spirit to communicate with God, which I think we know this, right? Prayer is through listening and speaking. So praying is not just sitting there quietly the whole time. That, is, that does happen sometimes, but should not be always. Prayer is not always just yapping. I shouldn't say yapping. It's not always talking and asking for things. It's sometimes communicating with God and listening. It's in Ephesians 6, 18. It's always pray in the Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit to be true worshipers which we talked about last week, John 4, 24. We need the Holy Spirit in order to truly glorify Jesus. That is challenging. That's challenging, at least for me. And I trust it's challenging for all of us. We can't just glorify Jesus in the flesh. We need the Holy Spirit because that is what he was sent to us to do. Jesus said, I will send the Holy Spirit because his job is to glorify me. So we need the Holy Spirit. And we need the Holy Spirit for supernatural breakthroughs, as in generational addiction, generational sins, to, to break off things that we don't even know that we had, the things that has been passing down from generational generations before us. Uh, we need the Holy Spirit to see miracles, to see uh, people being restored, relationships being restored. We need to pursue the Holy Spirit so we can have access to the spiritual gifts, to desire the greater gift. 1 Corinthians 12. 31. Without the Holy Spirit, we will do things only in our own strength. There will not be supernatural impact and influence. 
And those chains, they will possibly be changed, but they will only be temporarily, be very temporary. When we do things according to the Holy Spirit, when we rely on the Holy Spirit, when we listen to the Holy Spirit, which came from Jesus, when we listen to the Holy, Holy Spirit, we're listening from Jesus because the Holy Spirit only speaks what Jesus tells him to speak. There will be lasting impact when we listen and obey and follow the Holy Spirit. There will be radical impact. There will be radical transformation. There will be generational impact and changes. Pursuing Jesus and his presence is one of the boundary lines for us. Again, Psalm 16, 6. The boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Surely I have a delightful inheritance. Boundary lines are laid out by God to help us, to keep us safe and to keep us in pleasant places. As we follow the path laid out by these boundary lines, it will lead us into a delightful inheritance. Who does not want a delightful inheritance from God? Raise your hand. All right. I'm glad no one raised their hand. It's not just to keep us safe, but to give us a delightful inheritance. Inheritance also means heritage. And as an heritage for us and a heritage for the generation that come after. If I could just use a couple of illustrations as an individually and corporately is, is for me, I am the first in my family, on both sides of my families, to have the privilege to know Jesus. And my inheritance is that now all three of my kids have the privilege of knowing Jesus. As Vanessa and I pursue Jesus and pursue more of his presence, our kids will not have to fight any spiritual battles, all the spiritual battles from all the past generations. So if we think about hundreds of generations going back and all the spiritual problems, I don't want to say maybe sins and addictions, it's been passing down, it's stopping because of Jesus. Not because of me or Vanessa, it's because of Jesus, because of the Holy Spirit, because generational sins are spiritual attacks, are spiritual attacks, and they are real. And spiritual battles can only be fought in the spiritual realm. This is why we need the Holy Spirit, to fight the spiritual battles. And there are a lot of spiritual battles that we have to constantly fight. So to speak in like an illustration of corporately is corporately regarding, regarding the delightful inheritance. We as a church took an incredible step of faith during COVID to purchase this building in May of 2021. For those of you who may not know that, we probably had about 20, 25 members. That's it at the time. However, because we pursue Jesus, we pursue after the Holy Spirit, God led us on an amazing journey of discovering his goodness when we stepped out in faith. So this church building is the delightful inheritance, the delightful inheritance of his boundary lines falling in pleasant places. Now, to everyone else that God is adding to restoration, and the next generation will no longer dictate it or restricted by a landlord in terms of how we are to worship, when can we meet, how often can we meet, what songs can we sing, how long can we meet. 
we thrived and grew because we put our trust in Jesus, not what was happening around us at the time during COVID. It may seem like it was a long time ago, but it was not that long ago. I can honestly say that I have not personally witnessed a miracle from God until we came into possession of this building. It was a miracle from God that we were able to purchase this building during COVID when approximately 35,000 churches shut down and never opened again. And if I can share this as an executive in a business setting, I would have never, ever, ever recommend doing that. Making a purchase when you don't even have enough money for a deposit, let alone a monthly building maintenance. But because of God, we took a step of faith. We trusted that he will provide. He provided. I think um, earlier this week, someone was asking me about our Thai situation. And my response was, somehow, we always have enough. We don't have an abundance, but we're never in shortage. Somehow, we always have enough for what we need to do. It's because when you step out in faith, there is a delightful inheritance waiting for you, for us. So I want to bring this to land by um, maybe giving some practical handles for individuals in terms of how to help you set up values and, and follow the vision that you have is how we can pursue Jesus and pursue his presence is read the Bible often. Read it daily. It's not that complicated. Read the Bible often. You, I, I know everyone have one or should have one. If you don't have one, there's a Bible app on your phone. And I know you always take your phone somewhere. So there's a Bible app. Read the Bible often. Read it daily. And the more we read scriptures, be in tune with the Holy Spirit. That will help us to pursue Jesus and pursue his presence on a daily basis. Be in tune with the Holy Spirit will allow us to hear and listen. And his voice will come easier easily for us in terms of making big decisions and small decisions because the Holy Spirit is always speaking, always want to guide us and helping us guiding our path. And read the Bible often, be in tune with the Holy Spirit. And number three is actively take steps to prioritize kingdom lifestyle. Nowadays, a kingdom lifestyle meaning living very differently than the society around us. To outsiders, it looks like we're taking risk. To outsiders, it looks like you're doing crazy stuff, but it is about taking faith steps. Kingdom lifestyle is very challenging and it's very different to the people that live around us. I'm gonna use our kids because I know our kids and an example is for them, Go, getting up early on Sunday morning to go to church. Be here at 8 in the morning, where nowadays most of their friends, they're probably sleeping until noon as teenage kids. But for them, they have chosen to live differently. Maybe not by choice, <laughs> but they have chosen to live differently because they realize that when we do kingdom living, kingdom lifestyle is different than everyone else. And it's very challenging. It's very difficult for those who are in the business setting, living a kingdom lifestyle is different, right? 
on the weekend, most everybody go out late, get up really late. For us, all of us, right, we prioritize Sunday morning. We come and we, if you serve, you come earlier to, to serve, to make sure that Jesus is being honored and glorified. People don't understand that. You know, most of the time, before I was saved, I love Sunday morning because I can sleep in, I can get up and watch football. That's like the two things that I look forward to. And then go play sports somewhere. But now, when we prioritize kingdom, it's about Jesus. Pursuing more of Jesus. Pursuing more of his presence. And the more that we do that, the easier it will be to make tough decisions for the kingdom and prioritize the kingdom. And there's a delightful inheritance. It's our kids will grow into the inheritance that God has for them. And let's remember, and I'll bring this sermon to a close by reminding us, pursue Jesus and his presence individually in your life, and that's what we are doing as a church. First and foremost, pursue Jesus and pursue his presence because of our love for him. Not from a legalistic, not from a religious setting, because of our love for him. Let's remember the why. People lose their way when they lose their why. Remember why we do church. That will help us to prioritize and get up early. Our pursuit for Jesus, why do we do church? Because of our pursuit for Jesus and his presence. Our love for Jesus should always be the underlying cause for everything that we do as a church. Because the more that we get to know Jesus, the more that we're going to grow in love with him. And everything else will pale. Everything else will be less important. And this will allow us to do good deeds because of our love for Jesus, to persevere because of our love for Jesus, remain steadfast, endure hardships, and not grow weary because of our love for Jesus. So that's what I have for us. And just remind us, pursue after Jesus and pursue his presence. Everything will turn out good. There will be a delightful inheritance for us as a church and for each of us individually. So, um, amen. Amen. All right. Why don't you guys stand up? <clears throat> let's, uh, let's stand. I'll, I'll pray over us. And um, we'll end the meeting. Lord Jesus, we're so thankful for you, God. We're so thankful for, for what you are doing. You're, we're so thankful that you have spoken to us uh, through the worship time as we lift our focus to you, as we lift our eyes to you, as we open our hearts to you, as we sing to you, you come and you bring comfort and you bring a greater revelation of who you are. And I just pray, Holy Spirit, at this time, that you will give us a greater revelation of you, Jesus, that we will grow in our understanding of you, that give us the strength and the conviction and the bonus to pursue after you, to make decisions for you, and to live a life in according to who you have written out and planned out for us to live, Lord. We love you, and we praise you, Lord Jesus, and we pray to all these things in your mighty name, God. Amen. Amen. Thanks again for listening. We hope you were encouraged. Don't forget to connect with us through our website, restoration.life, as well as on Facebook and Instagram.